Okay, well, um, hello and uh, welcome to a, a special episode of the Completely Machine Enough podcast. Um, of the regular podcast team, it's just me today, I'm Tracy Harwood, but I'm joined by two guests that I'm delighted to have the chance to speak to again. Let me welcome and introduce you to Vladimir Nadine and Dmitry Froloff. Now, Vladimir and Dmitry are the coordinators and curators behind the Against Gravity programme of Machinima uh, at the Oberhausen International Short Film Festival, which took place between the 26th of April and the 1st of May. I think I've got that right this time. Um, where I was actually really thrilled to be invited to participate in the panel discussion. Now, I've written a blog post that you can catch up with on our website and also an episode where the podcast team, Ricky, Phil, Damien and myself, um, discuss Oberhausen 2. Um, but it's really great to have an opportunity to hear the thoughts of the organisers about the Machinima programme as well. So welcome to the show, both of you. Um, it's great to have you here. Um, I would like to start really by asking you each to say a little bit about your background and how you came to be interested in Machinima to start with. Um, so do you want to just tell us a little bit about you, about you both? Um, hi everyone, and thank you so much, Tracy, for inviting us to your wonderful podcast that we were actually been following for for a while already. And it's, <laughs> thank it's you. An honor, it's an honor to be here uh, together, Dmitri. And yeah, my name is Vladimir Nadine, and um, I'm a film curator and uh, film producer. Um, currently living in Taiwan, but yeah, previously I was based in Moscow. And we, together with Dmitry, we had been running Moscow International Experimental Film Festival before where we met and where we worked for several years together. Uh, yeah, but how actually, how I got interested in machinima, I think there are kind of three, like not maybe milestones, but kind of three points uh, or like three episodes. Uh, Regarding that, uh, first, I think it's uh, like seven years ago, I think, or maybe no, like maybe eight years ago, I went to Whitechapel Gallery in London and uh, seen Harun Faroqi's Parallels, one, two, three, and four. And for me, it was kind of an eye-opening um, experience uh, because I could see how he could use like video games uh, in such a kind of critical way, but also like very poetical way, uh, you know? Uh, so it was really fascinating uh, experience, but I didn't have, I didn't really thought deeply on what he was really doing. I was just like fascinated by the images and also maybe that I was, I used to play games a lot when I was a teenager. So it was kind of, it all get together there. And then I remember uh, like a couple of years after I just kind of made a like small video essay that I, I never showed it to anyone. I just posted on kind of Ready Mag website. So it was a kind of a collection of um, representation of the kind of Soviet army in the Second World War games, like in Western uh, video games. Mm -hmm. I kind of yeah, like from the games I played, I think I cut it some cut scenes, but also like just yeah, like some kind of let's play videos, and I just put them together and just like posted uh, randomly. And yeah, and then I think the third kind of milestone that I was curating a film program for 
Venice Architecture Biennial. It was at both like film program and video game exhibition. So I put like nine films based on game engines and yeah, appropriated video games. And that was kind of a big entry point that I could see that there's so many works done within video games. And I felt like this, um, what we also tried to emphasize, I think, in the curatorial text that uh, for me, there's a kind of a liberating experience uh, as a filmmaker, maybe, or like you can easily go to that world and do whatever you want, you know. So that's resonated with me a lot also when we found this quote uh, from Phil Solomon that for him it was also a liberating experience. So it resonated with me like, yeah, extensively. And Dimitri. Yes. Uh, hello, everyone. And yes, uh, thanks again, Tracy, a lot to uh, for inviting us. Uh, it's it's a great pleasure to participate in this conversation. Uh, I think my answer will be way shorter <laughs> because, um, well, I'm actually a, also a film curator and um, programmer, and I write a little bit about film and art. Uh, but I, um, uh, I think I'm trying now to remember which machinima was the first I've ever seen, uh, and I think it was also a film by Hron Faroki, but maybe another one, uh, which is called Serious Games, uh, where uh, he, where this German filmmaker um, analyzes the the phenomenon of using video games for in in military industries for uh, training uh, for soldiers or but also for working with uh, post traumatic syndrome um and but then i think i i um encountered machinimas uh, in different contexts uh, here and where from time to time um until the moment when i i think uh, i think a couple of years ago i realized that uh, it, it 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 was a quite a big phenomenon in the world of uh, experimental cinema and yeah um, uh, i started uh, seeing more and more uh, machinima works uh, at different film festivals i attended uh and then but i didn't think of of machinima thoroughly and i didn't think of making a program like that uh until the moment when uh vladimir uh contacted me and uh invited me to take part in this project so actually it's thanks to him that i, I i've got uh involved more or less deeply in 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 machinima fantastic well, okay, what I was going to ask you is how did you come to participate in the Oberhausen program? I mean, was that serendipitous or did you did you approach the director or did they approach you or how did that happen? No, the, the director of the festival, Lars Henry Gass, was generous to ask um, me like if I have some kind of yeah, proposal for the same program. Um, yeah, and I just kind of uh, 
since I have some ideas around like films made within video games or game engines. And yeah, he asked like if I can draft something. And yeah, and then he said like it's quite interesting. And then I immediately invited Dmitry to join me because it's quite big field. So yeah, it can be very I think there is a space for collaboration and it's kind of the field is so deep so you cannot do it on your own. It's like it would be too egoistic, I think. I think uh, I think that's true. I it's mean, also about community as, as yeah, you know. Absolutely, uh, but I, but I think what what you put together was was a a much bigger program than I would have anticipated that you would put together as a sort of a a major theme. How did that theme kind of emerge from the from the discussions that you had against gravity? Uh, I think from the very beginning we had. Uh an idea to dedicate one of the screenings to Phil Solomon, this uh, very important figure of American avant-garde cinema, uh, because he he is a unique uh, filmmaker uh, who used to make a, a 16 millimeter analog films uh, using a lot of photochemical uh, processing and optical printing and all sorts of uh, analog uh, techniques to create uh, almost abstract films. Uh, and then at some point he made this uh, uh, dramatic uh, uh, turn, you know, switch to machinima, uh, which, which, which is really something that nobody could uh, uh, imagine uh, uh, before and uh, yeah we we just realized that probably uh, he uh, must feel solomon um, uh, embodies the, this idea of uh, you know looking for specificity in machinima for uh, a certain aesthetics that can be found in in in, in this medium and uh, i believe that uh, um, somehow he managed to uh, to um, to keep his uh, you know avant-garde techniques uh, when, when he started making uh, films in gta um yeah but, but so the um against gravity is uh is a title that uh, that that we got with that we um uh sorry for my poor english like it's a title that we uh coined uh reading one of his interviews uh in this interview he he said that um machinima liberated him from the gravity of his age and also his illness because he had a uh, lung illness uh, that actually had to do with uh, physical gravity. He couldn't uh, spend too much time uh, uh, being, you know, uh, somewhere in, in, in the heights, uh, in, you know, in mountains, for example. Uh, and uh, yeah, so this illness uh, forced him to... Uh, to feel this kind of gravity, uh, physical gravity. So, uh, but at the same time, he, he, he yeah, yeah, obviously he 
uh, also saw Machinima as something that can liberate, uh, could liberate him from from the uh, weight of uh, heavy camera equipment. Obviously, you don't need camera to to do uh, to make Machinimas. Absolutely, just sit in front of a a screen and and record. To yeah. which point, um, Vladimir, tell us a little bit about the background that you've got there. Hmm? The background, the, the background that you've ah, got. Oh, yeah, 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 because that's really interesting as well. We were talking about this off off screen yeah. just before we started the interview. Just tell yeah. us a bit more. It's a it's a still from the uh, island in Second Life, but it's a quite unique island because it was made by a French filmmaker, uh, Chris Marker. Um, yeah, and... Um, Basically, that's the island that still exists and it's kind of acts as a museum uh, and also uh, like there are two cinema spaces uh, where you can see both films, like two films of uh, Chris Marker, uh, one of the prominent films he made, like Le Jeté, uh, like a photo, like iconic photo film. Uh, but Dmitry here is more like actually uh, um, has more knowledge than me and Chris Marker because he did a retrospective uh, of his works. But yeah, and then there's also kind of a museum with uh, images, I think, and also figures that fascinated uh, Chris Marker uh, throughout his life and maybe influenced his work. Um, so yeah, I encourage you to to walk on this island, everyone. Uh, it's called Uva. Uh, and there's also a machinima film uh, based based on that island. So you're to the point really where what you're you're doing is highlighting um very different types of avant-garde kind of work using different kinds of of uh, of environments. But but um back to the point about uh, against gravity and that and the use of these kind of virtual environments. One of the points that I thought you've picked up on really really well very very interestingly was this discussion about the move between analog and digital can you tell us a little bit more about how you kind of um came to that thought you know or, or programmed around that sort of thought process about demonstrating this shift between analog and digital which you know i know you're just talking about there um an, another artist and i don't think you showed any work by that particular artist but um yeah tell, tell us a little bit about this sort of analog and digital um discussion that you wanted to demonstrate through your program um i can just uh, briefly say that it was actually one of the first ideas like actually you know like it's now it feels strange because when you're making a program on machinima like this is probably the the additional thing that you might think of you know but there it was kind of, yeah, the title came very early uh, of our research. So it's kind of emphasized the direction. And then, I don't know, I was specifically like uh, fascinated that how feel like being non-gamer has nothing to do with like digital uh, art or digital filmmaking, you know, uh, kind of found video game space uh also kind of maybe material in a way I, I that's what's that's how i feel that you know uh so i thought oh and we do yeah we thought like maybe we should show these kind of works 
along together and see what like see what happens also kind of to maybe defend like to defend machine in a way you know to defend this world that's like someone who is deeply rooted in like analog filmmaking which is very important for like experimental community experimental film community as a whole so that's maybe kind of defense machinima as an uh, art cinema, you know. Um, but of course, we watched the, these analog films also like on quite poor uh, YouTube links, you know. And for us, it was like also kind of in, in a way the event when we see it in the in Oberhausen, you know, like having these works all together on the screen. So this is kind of very specific experience, I think. So it was kind of an experiment for us as well, you know? We just like thought, okay, it might be, let's do that and see what happens. Yeah, we, we, we basically wanted to juxtapose uh, two cinematic apparatuses like uh, 16 mil because we brought the 16 mil projector inside the auditorium so that the audience could hear the sound of the, this crack, cracking sound of the projector. Uh, and we screened two 16 mil films by Solomon. But and then after that, we screened his uh, Machinima trilogy. Um, and yeah, I think it was a lovely kind of experiment to feel the difference of the of the nature of the image. And uh, then, uh, but apart from that, I wouldn't say that we really try to. Um, uh, focus on this conversation uh, uh, about the, the the difference between digital and analog. We really wanted to um, find out what Machinima was and what kind of forms can it take and, you know, like, um, but obviously we were primarily were in, uh, we, we were primarily interested in um, artist film as such um, and how artists approach this medium uh, but I believe that many of them managed to um, to really reveal uh, many aspects of uh, machinima many uh, fundamental uh, fundamental uh, traits you know fundamental features of machinima um, for example, we dedicated one of our screenings to um, the subversive strategies. We, we, we call this program Crack the Code, uh, we, and the title speaks for itself, like the, the filmmakers in this pro, uh, participating in this program either crack the, the correct video games uh, directly by by intervening by uh, subverting the code or the um, hardware of, of the game uh, uh, or uh, alternatively there could be films um, that would uh, sub would crack the ideologies be, uh, embedded in the in, in video games. Mm. Um, especially in such video games uh, as second as um, uh, uh, like those sandbox games like uh, uh, Red Dead Redemption. I mean, open world games right? yeah. uh, like Red Dead Redemption, or or Second Life, uh, indeed, that we've already touched upon. Yeah, yeah. And what was the? Oh, sorry, Karen. No, oh, sorry. 
No, I just wanted to add like one thing about like Solomon maybe. I think that also the title of the program that we uh, chose was Interplay. So I think it's a kind of, it's it's an answer to your question, you know, like this is the interplay between analog and digital. So it's not like a juxtaposition, I think, um, in a way. And also- Yeah, but juxtaposition like, brings a certain interplay. <laughs> I think <laughs> brings a bond. Yeah. Well, it struck me that I, I mean, again, just reflecting on on the on the background and also the um, uh, Solomon's work and whatnot. The 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 interplay that I thought that you did so well between this sort of analog and this, this these digital ideas in the in the selection of the works that you you'd picked. Certainly, the ones that I saw. I mean, and and I I was. So regretful that I didn't manage to make, make it for the whole um, five days of the event. Um, but the ones that I saw sort of demonstrated um, machinima in, in, in different ways. Some of them were not really sort of what we would call examples of, of, of story-based machinima, but were documentaries about people um, creating machinima or using machinima in some, in some kind of way. And to, to my point um, about uh, um, Marker and Solomon, the the what you've got with with a lot of Second Life stuff tends not to be um, story based machine, but but more documentary based on what goes on in that space through the virtualization of the creative, um, you know, the, the creator, if you like. Um, they tend to be sort of documenting what what they see. And I think quite a lot of the art artworks that were were shown were that were in that sort of frame, whereas what what you got with Solomon tended to be him exploring that world um, and some of the glitches in that world, which was a slightly different way of approaching the the kind of world. Was that a deliberate strategy as well? Picking you know picking different types of machinima. Certainly, certainly, we wanted to be as representative as possible. Uh, although you, you uh, totally right that we didn't um, uh, really touch upon the this vast uh, part of uh, the machinium world, uh, namely the narrative machinimas, the machinimas that tend to that try to uh, tell the viewers uh, a story. Uh, but I. I don't know, like, I think we just, uh, it's a matter of our background. We, uh, we've we been interested in uh, avant-garde cinema and experimental uh, film uh, for many, many years. And uh, maybe the, this is a slightly subcultural approach uh, and maybe a, a childish approach in, in a way, but uh, we just, uh, um, we see, uh, uh, avant-garde film and experimental film as a certain underground, whereas uh, because it it, it it this is what happens with uh, with cinema in general. Uh, narrative cinema is a mainstream one, right? And uh, well, if you it, can it, argue that YouTube is mainstream, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, YouTube, yeah, YouTube, but it's it's a good point. Um, YouTube uh, is a new television, right? 
uh, and television has uh, been uh, fighting with cinema <laughs> in a way uh, and maybe absorbing cinema uh, for 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 ages but uh, so maybe yeah youtube is the now the the major ma mainstream uh, but uh, yeah but we we try to uh, uh, touch upon um, I think with the, there were a couple of films that could could be called narrative uh, in our program, uh, but but in general we try to represent different artistic strategies, uh, which means strategies common uh, in in the art world and uh, among uh, um, major film festivals, experimental film festivals. Um, so yeah, but I, I wonder what what do you think in terms of this. Um, um level of representation uh, uh, have you managed to uh see at least one um machinima one method of machinima that that were uh unfamiliar to you in the film festival in your film yeah. festival yes yes most of it i wasn't familiar with uh, many of the the films but you know when i was thinking about that actually um I realize that a lot of the distribution strategy that artists and creators of experimental works, the, the, the strategy they use to distribute the work isn't the same as the more um, community, you know, community based work that I tend to to see and that we tend to review on the podcast, to be honest. Um, I guess, you know, in some ways, what we could say is we're we're a little bit lazy with how with how we go about selecting the, the machinima that we review um but it just doesn't come across our desk you know the the we, we're not a festival we're not a gallery um uh, we're not an event um and therefore you know how do we get access to this experimental work um and it, I think that's a real challenge I think that's a you know it's it's an interesting challenge that really can only be solved by the kinds of things that you've you've done with Oberhausen which is to reflect a program of work that demonstrates the way in which the, this kind of creative practice is being explored across a, a, a breadth of different types of creators, which is what I think you really successfully showed in, in, the, in the program. I guess one of the questions I got for you is, what was the reception to the program um, from the audience that went along to it? Obviously, they were other filmmakers primarily I guess many of them analog filmmakers not so many um uh machinima type filmmakers certainly I didn't see many that I would have recognized I think what was the response to it yeah I think uh, yeah at least what uh, we kind of the direct uh, response we've got like I think a lot of people were really fascinated and also like never heard of machinima as such you know like even which for me was surprising some like professors that are teaching media even like approached us like oh wow this is completely a uh, new thing you know uh to me and yeah that was like really like there is still like holes that you can open to people you know because you think like there's there's nothing to kind of open to you know uh so i was it was really, it was a pleasure <laughs> to hear, to hear feedbacks like that, you know.
it it was really surprising to to receive that kind of uh, response, uh, knowing that the phenomenon has been there for more than twenty years, you know, and it's. Uh, uh, but still, yeah, most of the audience uh, at Oberhausen they really hadn't known uh, about Machinima before. Uh, maybe some of them, I I think they could uh, watch a couple of films uh, made in video games, but they didn't uh, know the term Machinima, and they didn't know that uh, it 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 has such a you know the big history and diverse uh forms mm. um so yeah uh we, we, the, the the most common response was uh fascination interest and uh, uh how do you say like gratitude to to what we what we've done absolutely and, and highly highly commendable um in terms of what you've done as well and um, what kind of questions did you get asked by that audience then? Sort of, you know, behind the scenes, so to speak. Uh, I think I think one of the most interesting type of questions uh, was related to the technology of filmmaking, like how people, how the filmmakers uh, managed to make that kind of uh, films. Uh, but obviously the the answer is different in 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 different cases uh, but also think that the need we i mean i had this anticipation but and i think people before coming to the program there was kind of this myth that you should be a gamer to be able to perceive these films you know and i think we could yeah how you say like erase this myth you know like yeah, people could yeah people understood that it's not appropriate it's not mandatory to be video gamer like or gamer like ever experienced the game before like going and i think this that's kind of it's very important uh point yeah i mean that's true for quite a lot of machinima but it's sometimes the game adds a layer that makes well that creates a different level of message doesn't it that's the that's the that's the kind of point with machinima you've got the game you've got the game context the code context the story context the creative context and all of these kinds of things into play to create yeah. the, the the kind of unique narrative that you get with machinima that you almost don't get in any other form i think um okay well i think um I suppose really one of what I don't, I don't know if you've seen this. Did, have you seen Sam Crane's um, uh, an article in the in the conversation? Did you read that uh, recently? No. Yeah, Sam Crane's. Yeah, he's yeah. yeah, yeah. So Sam, Sam, he, he, who who basically won the Critics Award for his version of Hamlet in Grand Theft, Grand Theft Auto, made this quite pertinent point in this article, which is for those of you who don't know, it's an online mainly academic journal. Um, but he made the point uh, um, that uh, the view of cinematic gatekeepers of machinima works has tended to be that they are trivial and game gamer geeky. And he kind of sort of said that maybe this is finally being dissolved. And, and he made that point too, that maybe that view of, of machinima is finally being dissolved. 
thanks to your efforts uh, at Oberhausen. Do you think that's true? Did you find a lot of resistance at all? Did you find any resistance? Against machine learning? Yeah. Mm, I think uh, maybe in a short film world, from what I perceive right now, I think it's more accepted. But maybe this, I mean, of course, for example, like the work by Total Refusal, for example, like the, the like not the only last piece made by them, hardly working, but also other films, but this also is widely shown across like film festivals. Uh, but it's like still concentrated, like I would like to see more machinima works by different artists in different um film festivals but i think still short film world is more ready for that and in world but of the feature films that could be like really challenging i think uh to get in even yeah, though but... there one great film was made recently meets island um by french Vio that we also showed their short work um marlowe drive uh this work recently won in vision de Real in very good Film festival in Switzerland. It's a documentary made in uh, survival game called Daisy. Um, maybe I don't know if you show like here the trailer after. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I'll certainly put a link to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think yeah, and then in a feature film world, or it's it's a uh, it will be resisted a lot. I think. Well. Also, I from Sorry. various points. No, no, I, I think it's like, it will come from both uh, like aesthetics, uh, copyright laws, I think, because big producers and the, they won't uh, risk without having permissions, I think. And it's, it will kind of prevent them from doing the films in the video games, I think. Well, we'll it come back to that appropriating point. video games, not like game engines, you know, it's, a, it's already, other discussion, I think. Exactly. But I don't know what, what's your take, Dima? I know. I I totally agree. Uh, I think uh, this is what uh, stops Machinima evolving into uh, really something big uh, and, and among you know uh, big uh, platforms and uh you know big uh, hollywood studios uh the, these uh, legal status the gray zone of uh the legal status of machinima um but i i also think that uh the times are changing and the like this medium is becoming more and more prominent in uh in this uh, kind of, uh, if not commercial uh, sectors, commercial section of uh, uh, moving image production, but uh, at least in in the in the field of uh, contemporary art and artists moving image, which can eventually uh, evolve into, uh, you know, uh, something into the situation when Machinima would be accepted by by a bigger. Uh, players in in the industry although uh, at the same time i know very little about uh, obviously the, the there was this uh, uh mandalorian tv series and uh 
but but I think it was made by means of game engine. So it's it's completely it's it's a slightly different thing. It was made in the collaboration with uh, big studios and uh, the the developer of this game engine. Is that correct? It is. I mean, uh, you know, the, you're talking about machinima as a as a practice versus machinima that's based inside it inside a game world, if you like. And really what, what you're talking about is machinima techniques and tools being based in Unreal Engine, for example, or Unity or whatever, where they're creating the virtual world and then using it as a 3D real-time virtual environment to act with on a on a stage, basically. Um, and that's that's basically using machinima techniques. That's Mandalorian acting with 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 virtual the virtual set in real time but using the 3d virtual environment as the set rather than a real set so to speak right yeah. uh, and that that's machinima techniques um completely and and in many ways that's what um i thought artists like um, alice bucknell were also doing i mean she'd created her virtual mars and different versions of it as i understood it and maybe maybe you can correct me on this but i understood that she created them in unreal engine and then filmed them within that virtual world and created her short narrative pieces of those three different worlds in that in that space. So she'd used it in much the same way that filmmakers, larger filmmakers, would have used as well. And that that's really what the potential of it is. You know, you can quickly, relatively easily put together um, your own digital set in a three D environment and create your own story worlds. And that's as I understand it, how, you know, um, that's that's basically what I call the marvelization of filmmaking, really, where you've got film, games, you know, theatrical production, um, uh, theme park ride kind of thing, all coming out of the same assets. Um, right. Yeah, but, but one can uh, raise the question of whether it's still machinima or not, uh, because it, it, it makes it very similar to basically just the another form of uh, uh, 3d Digital. animation you know oh. software uh, and uh, it brings machinima far far away from the uh, the original uh, phenomenon which was basically making films in video games yeah, by playing video games that's that's also very true but it's um it's that broad I think you know on the on the one hand you've got homemade story worlds versus, you know, um, fan-based story worlds. That's kind of how it's been for 20-odd years. It's quite, I think it's really quite an interesting one. What do you think are the main takeaways from your experience then at the festival? What, what, do, you, what, do, you, what do you feel um, the, the takeaways were for the audience from it? Mm. Well, I think uh, uh, at least some members of the audience uh, became machinima fans uh, as far as i can judge by uh, conversations with with them also i can say that uh, um, the attendance was really good almost all uh, screens were sold out and uh, i hope that the uh, for the festival, it was a great success, um, uh, and I think yeah, the media coverage was also nice. Uh, many 
uh, German, both local and maybe bigger newspapers and magazines uh, wrote about uh, Machinima. It was wonderful. Uh, although most of the articles were in German, so uh, not, not so many uh, of your listeners would be uh, able to read them, I suppose. But but still, uh, maybe with, with Google, Google Translate is exactly. brilliant. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think uh, the, there is a great takeaway for Vladimir and uh, and myself uh, because we. I don't know. Maybe I, I I can say for myself. I I got very interested in uh, machinima over the course of, of of working on this project. But uh, but also I I st started thinking of it maybe from a little uh, broader perspective, uh, which probably can be described by this term virtual filmmaking, because I see, also see a lot of similarities between um, machinima and desktop cinema, because both one of the, 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 the most common uh, technology to produce machinima is uh, the screen capture technology just to extract images from the game, right? Uh, and desktop cinema makes the same thing. And um, now I am interested in um, looking for, uh, like in, in digging into this uh, world, uh, trying to maybe read more about that to, to get closer to, to this uh, phenomenon. And maybe uh, I, I hope I'll manage to, to maybe work on another project um, related to these things. And uh, Vladimir, what do you think? Takeaways. Uh, take yeah, yeah, I think. Um, I mean, that's just like a nice thing that already happened. That uh, one of the one program uh, traveled to Oslo to Nor to to Norway. Uh, I saw that. That looked great. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it was just like a, such a like quick, you know, uh, thing that happened, and yeah, we were really happy to 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 do that. Uh, and like personally, I think now I'm, I really want to dig in like early days of Machinima more, uh, because it's obviously, yeah, it's more difficult, and you you know it much more than us. Uh, but yeah, and also I'm very much became interested in like early days of video games and like digging into some rare games and think of what how they can be used today. And yeah, like so certainly like in media archaeology, uh, but within yeah video game spaces because I don't really know much about like '90s early '90s games or like some machinimas. But like you know, for me it would be interesting to find some kind of political machinists, machinimas of the early days, like Alex Chance, for example. Um, that's not early days, that's 2005. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's like already 10, 10, yeah, 10, 10 year old machinimas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see. Well, yeah. well I, was, I was thinking you were going back to sort of the mid 90s, because there's quite a few. Um, uh, there's some actually on the uh, internet archive um, that you can dig out. And super ironically, uh, Phil from the podcast here has just, uh, or is just in the process of completing a project of restoring some old 
some of the very early films um, mm. that were parts of a, a an old website called Machiniplex, um, which I think they go back to about to 2004, 2005, but they were older films than that. You might be really interested in that, um, where he's uh, used AI to restore the films mm. <laughs> to make them more acceptable for the current um, viewing audience because it, I suppose really that was a one thing that I I, I kind of um, noticed that you know a lot of machinima films and, and this is a, a question for you as well a lot of machinima films have never been made for the big screen um, and you know like you guys when I when I did the festival in 2007 I can remember thinking through that quite a lot about what are we going to see on the big screen um, that will change the perspective of what the original creator of that film actually intended when it was originally meant for distribution through computers? Um, and I, I guess I was a little, I, I was a little surprised that it wasn't it wasn't something that the filmmakers that you'd you'd um, gathered around. Uh, in Oberhausen really seemed to reflect on overtly anyway and I just wondered did you give that some thought as well we certainly thought of that uh, when we were considering including uh, earlier machinima works uh, because we thought okay we we cannot show this uh, piece by Hugh Hank for example because it's uh it's uh, it's just a video file with such a poor bitrate and uh, like uh, yeah the the ratio you know the the quality of the image w would be awful and we we uh, decided uh, to um, to leave this this uh, but at the same time um, I think when it's it's a very Difficult question, a very deep question, because uh, obviously uh, um, the game, the video game aesthetics is uh, way more, um, um, I wouldn't say like singular, but it's it's so uh, different from the photographed image, right? Uh, and uh, indeed, it's sometimes like watching these videos on on a big screen would be could, could be quite um uh, strange because you would see all these uh simple textures uh you know these uh, um, big pieces of uh you know mm. color colored pixels and but it it could be it could uh, make the the film look looks maybe even silly but uh, surprisingly uh, may maybe it's just because we uh, the, the 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 vast majority of the films we included were made uh, in recent years uh, where like the, which means the, in, in video games that, that have quite uh, uh, elaborated uh, computer graphics right uh, but but maybe uh, because uh, but maybe the reason is uh, also um the in the fact that we uh, 
the the filmmakers uh i mean the artists who use video games to produce their films uh managed to open up something really fascinating in 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 video games uh and that eventually the audience perception was very positive and i uh while watching this myself i while watching all these films i rather enjoyed i and i didn't think of the you know uh just maybe a couple of times i thought oh okay it it looks a bit uh a bit i mean the 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 image is a bit poor on this big screen but uh, in general uh i i i enjoyed all the films so much and i was uh immersed in the nature of of of, of the of each work so that's uh, yeah i i would say that uh, maybe not every machine one but uh like machine in general the the current state of machinima uh ha, ha, has its own place uh in cinemas in cinematic environments mm-hmm. and what do you think's the legacy from your perspective of of how this event went how, how what do you think what do you think others will take from it yeah i think they'll definitely i mean i'm curious to see like in the coming years maybe also programs on machinima in some festivals or maybe we will be able to do it like in that or that form or some kind of different form um i'm sure it will happen uh, because you know like Oberhausen also like a film festival where like a lot of film professionals uh, uh, are coming so i think it will definitely affect uh but also maybe someone would like to write about it i don't know like I will be curious to see what kind of legacy <laughs> uh, it will have, you know. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe new Machinima festivals will be established, you know. There's one great in Milan, which we are Milan Machinima Festival that you uh, know. And we are also, yeah, really grateful for their work and what they have been doing. It's really, yeah, it's very important. And maybe there will be more of that. I don't know. Uh, certainly. Yeah, we have to see. <laughs> maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe even uh, at the Oberhausen Film Festival, we'll see. Yeah. Well, I think you've left an important legacy because you know you're right. There have been other festivals that have included Machinima, quite a lot of festivals over the years, um, but but none that have tackled it in the way that you have. I think, and I think you've put a real marker in the ground and and opened the challenge up for other major festivals, but more major festivals even, to think about how they include this kind of, of practice and, and, and also recognize the, the, you know, the name that it has, although maybe that name doesn't quite fit it anymore, I don't know. Do you, do you feel that there are some next steps to take from your perspective? Uh, th- there is a thing that I'm, uh excited and at the same time uh, uh frightened about you know and with uh like uh, uh i'm i'm talking about all these new um vr technologies you know the I, apple introduced their new vr kit recently and i think uh, uh meta is about to uh, introduce their new version of uh uh how is it called uh yeah quest something like oh yeah next quest yeah yes next quest uh 
And I think this, this is something, I mean, uh, it seems that these technologies uh, develop in really fast and uh, significantly. And I, I think one need to look uh, at this like thoroughly and uh, keep an eye on what what's going on there, uh, both in terms of uh, the the apparatus of the 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 moving image there, but also uh, the the artistic strategies. I haven't seen too many really good uh, virtual reality artworks uh, and films yet i haven't seen the, the, many of them yet but uh, i believe the, the they will emerge for sure i guess they will i mean you know maybe what you're looking at this isn't the same kind of experience at all is it it's a completely different kind of uh thing that you do in a vr experience than sitting and watching a, a film because because you're you have an active role in many ways sure um, yeah but the games are the games are moving into this uh kind of dimension as well, well so. i think that's a natural way to take the, the the vr experience is more sort of immersive experience rather than cinema perhaps but it'd be really interesting to see what that does mean for cinema experiences if indeed they can find a killer a killer app <laughs> for the VR headsets that are being launched. I don't know what it will be. I mean, I've been sitting and watching this one for some time. In fact, Hugh was one of the first to create a VR experience. Um, I think it was called Left Hand Path. Uh, and I think that was re released, launched in about 2017. Hugh Hancock, that is, who was the founder of the machinima.com website and who coined the term. Um, so he's, you know, the, the, he was one of the very early pioneers in that field as well. No surprise. Um, but but like you, I haven't seen an awful lot of cinematic experiences through through that beyond actual games and and adventures. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Um, well, I was going to. So it's quite interesting. You said say watching the technology, but what kinds of ex experimental themes are you thinking that are likely to be explored in 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 future festivals have you kind of got any any idea on where the directions of experimental works might might go i mean in general like experimental film or yeah like... what, what yeah and what in in terms of what what your perspective is on on how this field is developing uh the one of the programs we uh, we we dedicated one of the programs of our uh, uh, project at Oberhausen to the certain kind of cinephilia in machinima world uh, where um, filmmakers try to recreate uh, uh, their, their, their favorites, just to recreate parts of their favorite films or uh, follow the style of their favorite filmmakers uh like david lynch for example uh, or um pierre paolo posellini we had a, a piece on that uh and i i think this this can be quite an interesting um direction for you know development while the technology will is becoming more and more accessible uh uh, I think uh, 
more and more people, uh, more and more uh, film buffs uh, will become like filmmakers themselves will become uh, will 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 try to uh, recreate the, their favorite pieces. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I think the the probably the most uh, significant style of uh, or maybe not the style but the, the the most significant type of machinima is a critical machinima in the world of uh, experimental film um artists just try to uh understand the virtual world by means of machinima uh understand of really different aspects of, of this world um uh, from from a certain cr critical distance mm, yeah and of course, as as I say, there's lots of new types of games being launched, which um, provide lots of opportunity for doing that if they're going to make game-based work. Sorry, Vladimir, you were going to say. No, no, I, I was just like about to say that I think that, or maybe just my wish, actually, <laughs> that I'm kind of, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think I, I wish, uh, as I said, like, that in World of Machine World, there'll be more diverse the selection of games actually being appropriated you know like as one of the our colleagues and like a new friends that we met at the festival counted how many films were made within gta 5 you know and it's like still kind of the and it's not a secret it's still the majority of you know uh films or machinima experimental machinimas they still made within video game uh within within gta uh, which is quite obvious why, you know, uh, but I would like to see more uh, game selection, actually. Yeah, you know? I agree with you. I think GTA has run its course, but I think that's probably the the nature of the uh, filmmakers that you're, you're um, uh, you know, that are, that are working with this um, with this medium at the moment, which is which is why I think, you know, the YouTube a community has got a, a much more diverse strategy with the the engines that it selects and not some of them not really wedded to any one particular game whereas early machinima creators tended to stick to one game and gta being one of the more sophisticated um environments that it that emerged i guess became something that was quite popular and people are just stuck with it i suppose um but i don't think the the graphics now are as as uh, as great as some of the other stuff that we're seeing coming through. Really, yeah. I mean, Warhammer forty k, for example, is it's kind of pretty incredible. And then we 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 um, last month we actually picked up on a really it's just kind of a, a much older game, a a, a flight simulation game, but mm. but used to create some incredible. Um, narrative based machinima of course but um some really interesting commentary on on uh, the the you know the, the the technology in the game and the and the lore in the game i suppose hmm. yeah. um well, well well i've got some other questions that i would kind of like to ask but it might be a good time to sort of just ask you a little bit about copyright and where you think this whole issue around copyright might be going and how that can be overcome in the festival context. Yeah, that's why actually my kind of um, answer and question 
towards your question about what are the next steps and Mitri was speaking about like virtual reality and I think and here we'll like speak maybe more like from film producer uh, side I think the um, maybe sort of a protocol should be created uh, you know also if, like as I said like short film world is more ex like not resisting towards Mashima, but as a feature film world, uh, is yeah, we'll really try to prevent, I think, of uh, video games go into to, to film industry on bigger scale. So I think maybe people that are interested in like, they should create sort of a protocol, I guess, how to use it or how to speak to um, game developers, because it's really, nobody wants to have Nobody wants to deal with a rock star, for example. It's like, you know, uh, it's better not to to make this film, I guess, uh, you know, or other, you know, it's just easier not to deal with that. And that's quite frustrating. Also, maybe not only for the film festivals, but also some kind of film grants, you know, if the filmmaker wants to have some budget for making the film, even though maybe it's not that big because you kind of, you appropriate the video game. Uh, maybe you need for some post-production and sound and etc. But still, you know, nobody wants to deal with that without having particular steps of what you have to do. Because, I mean, I was talking to some lawyers and everything is so blurry, you know, like... So, yeah, I would stay for sort of a protocol or just being copyleft in that sense. Uh, but it, you can do it only on your own, uh, not like uh, working with producer or... Unfortunately, copyleft strategies don't work with big institutions. They always uh, rely on uh, on the legal uh, process and uh, like the, uh, the legislation. And uh, so I think... You know, it's like looking at what's going on now. I, I believe that it, it it will be the it constant uh, kind of struggle, constant uh, um, yeah uh, struggle between uh, people who want to capitalize on machinima production and uh, the. Uh, horizontally structured way of uh, filmmaking uh, that 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 goes beyond uh, capitalist uh, um, process strategies. You know, like uh, uh, people will invent ways how to uh, make and distribute works then uh, capitalists would uh, uh, invent certain framework how to capitalize on what these people uh, do then again another stage of uh, looking for another lacuna where filmmakers can continue making what they want to, to, to do um, so yeah I think it's uh, this I, this story uh, behind the uh, director mode in GTA uh, speaks for itself. You know this uh, 
this tool uh, invites you to create films in, in, in GTA, but at the same time, uh, you have to follow certain, uh, you know, rules, certain framework. Um, and as Vladimir said, uh, uh, nobody knows what, what, what will happen when, uh, uh, for example, a machine will work, uh, wins the Cannes Film Festival, for example, and, uh, or like, uh, or, or, or an Oscar, for example, or something like that, uh, which, which, uh, will make it, uh, so like popular or so big that, uh, obviously, uh, Rockstar wouldn't uh, wouldn't be uh, happy of just uh, letting it go, you know, and not not capitalizing on that. So again, it's uh, I think it's it, it just one need to wait and see what's. I think what I think happen. you know it, it, you you're uh, going through the same thought processes that a lot of the community have gone through over the years, and I and I'm always minded by one of the things that that Hugh Hancock actually did say which is when it when I think he I think he came to the end of his 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 blood spell trilogy that he he created and he basically said machinima if you were starting out would never be a way that you would choose to make films and I th I think what's really interesting is the fact that with the unreal and the unity strategy of um you know making assets available to creators almost this issue now has been sidestepped and it's a question of what you put in that 3d environment that makes that um your own environment and then how you can kind of use it and what layer of the game law a game law you might try and then apply to um those you know those kind of new virtual worlds that you might kind of create so you know is it it's sort of we're almost sort of fudging the edges of what traditional machinima is and how it slides into virtual production in the in these kind of new worlds and and how you then sidestep some of the copyright issues such as you can or the transformative use issues or the parody issues um, that we are seeing um, emerge again and again and again with the use of this this kind of work I, was, I suppose really I was kind of intrigued by by the fact that many of the creatives, that are using this are also selling their work to to um, collectors and galleries and and how that how then that work sidesteps the copyright issues when in in that kind of process or maybe the galleries don't care I don't know it's a good question uh, I have no idea because because I th there are a number of works we showed uh, that are in like our in several art collections uh, and uh, one of them was made in Second Life uh, but I don't know whether the, they clear, you know, cleared the rights uh, and we, they, they dealt with uh, the Second, uh, Second Life developers to, to have well, a deal on that it's, it's a good question it, it, it's interesting Second Life always made it um, made it very clear in their T's and C's that that creators could use any of the content. The issue there isn't with the developer, but the people that own the assets that have been filmed. Mm -hmm. So it's the other creators. And, and, and you'll find that there are sort of soft agreements that are shared between creators when they go on to different islands and film on those different islands, which is kind of 
an interesting mm. approach with how that that particular world has has developed for, for mm. filmmaking. So, do you think you would ever consider doing more more um, traditional um, or including more more traditional machinima um, in a festival environment from from YouTube or Vimeo? Yeah, that's what I was also like saying uh, when we were thinking, talking about uh, takeaways. You know, like maybe. I mean, during our research, we dig, we dug into the early days of machinima, for example. You know, uh, but of course, we are not that we can call ourselves experts in the and that period. You know, uh, but of course, what are you asking? It's not only about early days, but it's also about today's machinima, uh, I would certainly try try that. But again, like as Mitri said, like our background is a bit like, um, is a bit different. Uh, so maybe we should also still like try to find more like experimental machinima in these um, spaces in like Vimeo or YouTube or... I think it's a matter of uh, proper framework, and I I would I would definitely be interested in um, showing many uh, classic machinimas, many narrative films, uh, narrative machinim works, uh, uh, and that's why I've uh, got quite interested when you said that you 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 were working on the restoration of some of them, which. Uh, can, because again, one of the biggest challenges uh, uh, with showing early machinima is the the, the matter of the image quality. Uh, so um, it would be great to maybe discuss uh, the, the, these films that you've restored uh, separately. Uh, so yeah, but uh, I, I believe uh, we'll find a proper framework to if not uh, dedicate a big program to uh, narrative machine but at least to include uh, many uh, works of that kind to to our future programs well that sounds like a, an opportune point to stop i need to put you in touch with phil it's not me that's done the restoration works it's phil and um i think he's been talking to ricky about that so he's definitely the man to speak to on that um nice. But but listen, I, I just want to say a massive thank you for taking the time out to um, just talk to us about your your um, Oberhausen short film festival program against gravity and um, your thoughts on, on next steps. Um, Vladimir, Dmitri, thank you so much for joining me. And, thank and you, I'll Tracy. look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank, thank you so much. Yes, thank look you. forward. Thank you, Tracy. Bye. Bye.